Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Workflows and Espressos. I'm your host, Megan Moylan. And guess what? I poured this cup of tea, not coffee, a while ago. And because it's in my ember mug, it is still steaming hot. Cheers. We have a lot to talk about today. Strap in. I said that last episode. But really, I'm very excited. Today, we are going to talk about aromatic marketing and crafting your rentals unique brand. We're going to get into all things branding. I'm super excited about it. It is, I don't know, always a fun conversation to have. I am a loyalist to many brands. So we'll talk about that. And we'll also get into the importance of a brand or maybe non-importance. You'll find out. I am drinking a London Fog again because that's just my go-to drink. I'm curious about what you guys are drinking in your drive to work or whether you're on a walk this morning or sitting at your desk. I hope that you are enjoying a very steaming hot cup of coffee. Or if you're an iced coffee kind of person in the winter, which I feel like is very strange, I still support it ultimately. It's to each their own, I suppose. I hope that it's hot for your sake. But if you prefer cold, that's okay too. Okay, some coffee facts today. So this is really interesting. If you did not listen to episode one, I recommend that you go back and listen to it. But one thing about me is I work for a holding company here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And one of our largest businesses is a coffee roasting company called Snake River Roasting Co., We have a e-commerce site if you're interested in shipping coffee home, but we also have a coffee shop here in Jackson if you want to come to Jackson. But we're a specialty grade coffee roaster, which before I like got and took this role and got into this industry, I had no idea what that meant. So the difference in specialty grade coffee versus like normal commodity coffee that you can get is the quality is so much better and specialty grade coffee is actually increasing in sales year over year over year and month over month as people start to really like get in more into the coffee that they're drinking and have like a connection with where they're sourcing their coffee whether or not you're buying it at a store like a lot of local coffee roasters are specialty grade which essentially just means like the beans have to pass this like specific test on a scale I'm trying to like dumb it down for a couple reasons number one I drink tea so like that should tell you something and number two this is a workflows and espresso show really focusing on the short-term rental industry so like how much do we really need to know about it it's just interesting okay let's get into the meat of the show today branding well first take a couple seconds and think Is there a brand that you are loyal to no matter what? Whether you have one bad experience with this brand to 100 incredible experiences, just like a brand that they like someone would have to pry out of your cold, dead hands. For me, that brand is Delta. Big Delta fan. I will pay more money to fly Delta. I will take a more annoying route to fly Delta versus any other airline. A lot of it has to do with status, which I think does come into play with branding. Like the status that I have with Delta because I fly Delta frequently allows me to get upgraded frequently and I get to check my bags for free. And I'm a type of gal that checks bags whether or not I'm leaving for one day or 15. That's just who I am. It's mostly because I have very a large bulky sweater collection. Yeah, I'm loyal to Delta. 
I have also been screwed over by Delta a couple of times. And it is like when those incidences happen, I don't even like it doesn't register with me on like my ultimate loyalty scale. I'm also a huge fan of Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta, and just like look up to him as someone who for a very long time wanted to be the CEO of Disney. I don't really know why I just had this dream that I was going to be the CEO of Disney. Anyway, then I became like in, obsessed with CEOs, Ed Bastian being one of them, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, for his second run, another one. And it is because of Delta's brand and this view that I have of them as this high end, very high touch, incredible service and cares about the customer's brand. And I will tell you, like, I am so committed to this thought that I have of Delta that like Ed Bastian could literally increase prices like 50 percent for all flights. And I swear I'd probably still be loyal to them. I don't know. But I think that like speaks to the power of branding in general and why it is important. And we're going to get into that today. But it's just an interesting topic to think about like as we go into it. There are so many brands. Slack is another really great example of a brand that I have like a lot of loyalty to. And the only other communication tool that I am a Slack user, I know a lot of people that aren't Slack users because of their brand know what Slack is, whether or not your company's on Microsoft and you use Teams. I've used Teams and Skype, but like no other communication tool. But I just feel this like intense loyalty to Slack. Like I'm just not going to go anywhere else. Starbucks, we talked about in episode one. I know that like I am a diehard local coffee shop fan, especially Snake River, because it is like this business that we've put so much into. I will never turn down a steaming cup of tea from Starbucks. It's just not going to happen. There is something about it. And a lot of this, especially when it comes to Starbucks and honestly, Delta, is there is like a consistency associated with a strong brand, not just in my mind, but in so many people's minds. And that is what creates this strong loyalty. And I think it's really like as a vacation rental manager, what we have to strive for because we're up against so much in our industry, two big brands in our industry or three, I guess I should say, that have this like incredible reach. I was going to say presence, but I think it's ultimately like a reach at this point. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Shooting the Breeze with your two lovely hosts. Host number one, Corinne the amazing, incredible Corinne, Breezeway's first employee, maybe best employee, don't tell anyone else, and me, your normal host. So not as exciting. Today, we're going to get into some really fun stuff that's actually, well, it's not a fun topic, but you have some fun solutions, Corinne, so I'm excited to get into it. So turn days, especially during peak season, whatever market you're in, Back-to-back turns are so stressful. You're trying to get so much done in a short amount of time, especially if your guests are late to check out or want to have a late checkout, and your team is just running around constantly trying to get ready for the massive check-ins that's coming in that day. How can Breezeway software assist with those really, really hectic back-to-back turn days? Well, that's sort of, that's that's really our bread and butter, right? That's what we're here to do is to help make sure that you have visibility into what's going on on those crazy days. So through the 
the checklists you're going to have, your team's going to be able to execute all of the work that needs to be done, making sure that it adheres to your brand standards so that when those guests do check in, they're checking into great properties that are clean and, and ready for them to hopefully come into no issues. But when you're thinking about what happens in that time frame from checkout to check in, there's really two things that, that stick out pretty dramatically to me. And one of those is thinking about how we can help you actually extend that time period between checkout and check-in. And so one of the ways that we do that is actually through our messaging product. And so for our, our clients that use our messaging product, their guests can actually text when they check out. And so for a lot of folks, especially in markets that are drive to guests do check out early, especially if they're going to be, you know, bad traffic, they might head out early in the morning, they have small kids, they want to get ahead of the curve and, and get out of the way of, of sitting in traffic with those littles. And so when guests are leaving, and they're leaving early, they can text in checkout. And then our system is going to notify the folks who are scheduled to do the cleaning or the inspections of those properties so that they can get in and start work on those properties earlier. We looked at the, the numbers from 2023 and we had over 100,000 people utilize that feature wow. in the first half of the year. And when that was used, on average, folks were getting more than two hours of additional cleaning time per reservation. So one of the ways that we can help you do that is by just extending that time. That obviously makes things better for everyone. Uh, another way that we can help with that is by giving you a map view of where your users are. So if you do have guests that are arriving early or a guest that's checking out late and you need to reallocate where someone is, you have the ability to see where your properties are, where your team is, and then make some moves. So to communicate with people and say, hey, can you actually go to this property? Or, hey, we've got an urgent maintenance issue at this property and we need to move you there because I know that you're really close. So you get visibility into where everybody is and you can sort of be air traffic control and, and make some adjustments as you need to. And then, you know, speaking of air traffic control, we do have that dashboard, which is giving you uh, good insight into what is going on at any point throughout the day. So you know, at one o'clock, how am I doing? What percentage of my homes are are ready? What percentage of my homes are in progress? How close to being finished are those? Am I running into a lot of maintenance issues? You know, how are we faring? And, and that's really making sure that as that day progresses, you're going to be at 100% or, you know, 95% when that, that check-in time comes up. Mm -hmm. It's funny in an area or industry where data and technology right now is just being pushed at us from every single direction, I think it's easy to just overanalyze data that isn't necessarily actionable. But I think when choosing a technology solution, being able to hear these KPIs and data points from you is so crucial and just such a selling point for Breezeway. I know that it saved us on the outpost side a significant amount of time. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Next week, you're really going to have to top off this week because this might be the best tip so far that I've heard. Okay. Well, then I guess all the listeners have to tune in for next week. I'm looking forward yes, to it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Go to breezeway.io slash espressos if you want to learn more about Breezeway and make sure you cash in your $100 off. I look forward to having you back next week, Corinne. And, you know, maybe every single week after that. I don't know. We should keep, hit, keep this going. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. See you next time. We all know I was just laughing earlier. My family is going to Park City for a ski trip in February, which I am very excited about. Even though I live in a ski destination, it's always nice to get away. 
And I'm on the phone with my sister, right? There are 16 of us that are going. So we're looking for a pretty big house. Like, and we have a lot of specifications. Like we need this certain bedroom type. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. So I'm on the phone with my sister. Keep in mind, I have been in the vacation rental industry for almost 10 years. My family all knows this. They have been a part of, they listen to any webinars or speaking engagements that I have, right? Like they understand that I've spoken on brand before. My sister says to me on the phone, well, do you think that we should book a Verbo or Airbnb? And let me tell you, I nearly died. Not only was I extremely disappointed in her, but also in myself because I'm like, are we really not doing that good of a job? So I'm excited to talk through this topic for a couple of reasons, like especially for smaller operators. I think that there is not necessarily a strong push for brand loyalty because there is a great return from Airbnb and Verbo, And their reach is significant. Like as operators, they bring in the demand. They already have a framework for who they're marketing to. Their marketing budget exceeds ours like so significantly that it's not even worth putting in words. And their website is easy to navigate. I even like all these benefits is like difficult for me to say as someone who's worked for largely enterprise level vacation rental companies, but it's true. And there is a reason that they are so well known in the industry, even throughout like friends and family of people that have been in the industry for a while. And I will also admit that like for destinations where I don't have friends that own short term rental companies, I will also look on Airbnb or Verbo, which like is hard for me to do as an operator, but it's just, it speaks to this like delta, in my opinion, level status that they've created in this recognition. And that is because they've built a brand and have put a significant amount of money behind it. So I think it's such an interesting topic, right? Like five years ago, everybody that I would have a conversation with in the industry was very, very focused on this book direct movement. I do not believe that that is as much the case anymore as it was five years ago. And I'm curious about why that is. I have a couple of like inferences. So speaking to the marketing budget, right? Like I think that that is part of it. I also think that there are more operators now in our space, probably a little less than we had in 2021 and 2020 end of 2020 during the COVID boom as some operators went out of business or sold their companies and there was consolidation within the industry. But from the very beginning, if you have one to 10 or even 20 properties, like it is very easy to put your properties on Airbnb and Verbo and let the demand come in and take those reservations, right? As you start to get more homes you recognize that so much of your income is going toward those commission or subscription fees being on those OTAs. And you also have less control over that guest experience, which might not be as important when you have 10 guests versus when you have a thousand. And so it's interesting to me, like, I'm trying to think about in real time if that is my recommendation. If my recommendation for smaller managers is to stick with the Airbnb, Verbo, 
diehard OTA, like they make things a little bit easier for me to operate or if you should immediately go toward the book direct movement. And I'm thinking of going toward the book direct movement and here's why. So the first reason is, and I spoke a little bit to this on the commission and the subscription fee. Like, of course, you are paying more to advertise your properties on OTAs versus your own business. But also, the guest communication, like, in my opinion, guest emails are one of the most valuable pieces of information that we can possibly have. Building this database, no matter how many properties you have, will ultimately protect you in down times. I think the vacation rental industry has proven to be so resilient really within the last five years since COVID happened and we saw like our life flash before our eyes and then this like great increase in demand and reservations. And now as things are starting to normalize, especially in the last 18 months and we all kind of had that fear again, being able to have a solid repeat guest percentage or even like book of business and guest emails is so important for those downtimes. When you have a recognizable company that people can come back to versus a property on Airbnb that nobody knows who manages it, it creates a loyalty that will ultimately benefit you and pay for itself in the long run. I wonder if that's like a controversial take. I'm curious to hear your opinions. So write in to management at hospitality.fm and let me know what you think about OTA Reliance and if it's worth building that separate brand no matter what size your business is. I could get into like a little bit of a, a disagreement, a healthy, constructive conversation about it, but my mind could also be swayed. I think that's true. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I just think that when building a company that you want to last for a long time, I mean, honestly, we spoke a little bit about this in the first episode, but when talking about someone once told me begin with the end in mind. And I think that is true in some cases and true in not other cases. But for example, like if you are starting a vacation rental company and your ultimate goal is to sell down the road, building a stronger brand will benefit you. It creates more protection for your brand and your reservations and income for the future, but it also creates a more attractive purchase for potential buyers in many cases. So I don't know, just a thought there. Like if you have begun this company with the end in mind being to sell or to not pass it down to a family member or keep it going until you're 80 or whatever you choose to do, then I don't know. I think it's worth trying to decide what that brand looks like. And if it is worth spending a significant amount of time and or money into building that brand. So say you decide I'm starting this company and I want a badass brand. What am I going to do? Like, where do I even start with this? Now we know like we've as assume you've decided that it's worth it, right? Like, how do you do this? Listen, I'm not a creative person. It's just not going to happen ever. Can't draw a picture to save my life. Don't know how to use Illustrator anything creative like I very much struggle in the creative department I have about 15 like started and then dead hobbies uh in my house right now which is unfortunate because I do live in like a thousand square foot log cabin there is like a crochet graveyard in a hutch in my downstairs room needlepoint watercolor you name it and I have tried it and also given up on it so I'm telling you this because I 
am not the person that's going to come up with an incredible brand. I have relied on creatives in the past to make an idea I have come to life or an idea that somebody else has had and I've been on board for that project. And I think it is worth the money to either contract out a designer or to bring a designer in-house if you believe there'd be a significant return and there's more you want to do with the designer that is aside from creating initial brand. But if you know your strategic plan, where you want your company to go, what area you're in and what you want to appeal to, sit down with a designer and talk to them about this and ask them to come back to you with a couple of logo and name ideas for your company if you are not the one that's going to be able to do it, if you are a Megan in this case. So I think that the initial steps, right, create a name for your company that is easy to remember, that is attractive to the guests that you want to appeal to, understanding who you're marketing to. A lot of times the previous company that I worked at, we knew that our customer was a woman between the ages of 50 and 60 years old with a median household income of $200,000. So we created a brand Like I'm the funky, eclectic person that has like 3D flowers on my sweater, right? Like most of the brands that I would create myself would be very different than appealing to a 50 to 60-year-old woman with a median household income of $200,000, right? So appeal and create your brand to who you are marketing to. And I think it's okay if you don't exactly have like the demographics in front of you. But if you have a good idea of what type of travelers are coming to your destination or if you have an idea to expand into multiple different destinations, you will likely be appealing to X audience and this is the type of brand that they want to see. And if you don't know what they like, talk to your designer about it. Hey, I want to have a company in Big Sky, Montana and Phoenix, Arizona, and I want to appeal to the client that can spend $1,000 a night on a vacation rental property. So I'm thinking for of having a brand that is upscale and really appeals to like a more affluent type of client. It is not as easy as that, but you don't have to have like 10 different data points to try to create what that demographic looks like, if that makes sense. So now you have your brand, you have your, hopefully your colors, your icon, your logo designs, and everything in a brand guide for you. Ask your designer to put it in a brand guide and make sure that you have branded materials, right? So now we're going to start making sure that people know who we are, they know what we stand for, what they can expect when they join our program or they come and stay with us. And so what this looks like is And this is something that's really talked about the industry. So you've probably had this like beaten into you so many times by now. But I think there's a reason it's talked about so much. Like make sure that you are mentioning your brand in multiple parts of not only your guest journey, but your owner journey as well. And I think that this can benefit you. Like the company that I work for now, Outpost Group, we have a brand that has really like been well known in the community to be this like fun place to work that takes care of their employees. And we've gotten incredible candidates because of that. And I think it's due to the fact that we have like spent a lot of time crafting this brand and then associated certain values that we have to our brand. And so I guess like I say that to say that having this brand that's recognizable in your location, but also outside of your destination 
can not only be helpful or beneficial on the owner and the guest side, but also on the employee side as well. So just a little tidbit there. Okay. So on your owner side, make sure that you have a letterhead and email signatures with your brand and make sure that you have projection templates if you're communicating with new homeowners and they want to understand what their projection or what their revenue potential is for a year that you have a branded projection sheet. So that way when they're looking at your marketing materials versus these five other companies' marketing materials, they remember who you are. And ultimately, it will benefit you in the long run um, as they talk to their friends with other second home or third homes that want to put it on a management program. They know who you are and can reference your brand to them. And then on the guest side of things, this is talked about a whole lot. There are companies that put their brand logo on the TVs and their photos. While you're still advertising on the OTAs, you can make sure that you have things in your pictures that make your brand recognizable. So a guest knows who they're booking with. And then once a guest checks in, making sure that you're doing steps like providing a welcome package or having some type of branded material in your online welcome guide or your mobile app. We provide our VIP clients with a branded welcome bag when they check in. And then we have a bag of coffee from our coffee roasting business. And we also have a private chef and catering company. And we do donut holes upon every arrival. So it kind of ties in all of our brands and gives the guests something usable and helpful, I guess, when they're in town that they can use for groceries or for their ski gear or for picnic stuff during the summer. And we cater our gift to the season that we're in. I'm interrupting the episode with something very important to talk to you about, okay? It's AirDNA and their properties for sale feature. So with this feature, and this is gonna shock you, you can find available properties for sale and their earning potential directly with AirDNA. This means that you're not gonna have to use Zillow and AirDNA and Excel to get all of your data. You're not toggling back and forth between three windows. It is going to be all right there for you. So you can really think of this as Zillow for short-term rentals. Did you hear what I said? Zillow for short-term rentals. No toggling, okay? Please do not wait. Sign up with AirDNA today and use code workflows for your first month free. And let's get back to the episode. Okay, so You understand brand placement and why that's important. We have this brand created. How can we keep consistency throughout our brand, right? Like that is ultimately what's going to keep people coming back and make sure that your company is recognizable. Delta, for example, I took like 60 Delta flights last year. And I think I probably had a bad experience twice of those 60 flights. And that is because there is like a level of consistency with the flights that I'm on. The flight attendants are friendly. I get a similar experience. I know what to expect on board. I know when they're going to start boarding and what that process looks like and which groups they're boarding and which group I'm in based on my status, right? Like, There is, it takes the mystery out of my experience. And I think a lot of travelers that have the option will choose a hotel versus a vacation rental because there's a consistency in their experience that they get when they stay with the Four Seasons versus staying in a $30,000 property either here or in any destination, right? Like I know what to expect when I stay at the Four Seasons and that is that. I know that whether... No matter what location I'm in, my experience is going to be like pretty much the same across the board. And there is something that is really incredible about that. 
companies or people that choose vacation rentals, there is this like level of mystery in especially if you're going to a new destination or staying with a new company. Like you don't really know what to expect. Consistency kind of varies across the board. So my recommendation for consistency, a couple of tips. One, have you ever spent a night in your properties or has a team member ever spent a night in your properties? When I first started working for Outpost Group, I was working remotely and I would come to visit and I would stay in a different property every single time. And what I noticed throughout this process is like the pillows were a little bit different every time I stayed or maybe the bedding varied a little bit or what I could expect under the sink when I needed to do the dishes dishes varied a little bit. Go through every touch point like a physical touch point that your guest is going to have at your properties, which I think starts with you staying a night in your properties or someone on your team, and see if your guest is going to have the same experience no matter which home they stay with. Of course, this is going to vary based on the level of like how many bedrooms or how big the house is or how much you're paying for it. But for the most part, like the amenities should be the same. You should get the same experience on the pillows. Your sheets should be the same. Creating that consistency so whether a guest stays with you for a summer vacation in a two-bedroom house or a winter vacation in a five-bedroom house, like they know what to expect. Make sure that how you're communicating with guests, and this doesn't necessarily mean a script, but is more like your demeanor on the phones and how you treat people is the same no matter what and that your team has this certain energy, right? Like whatever you want to put out in the world to your guests make sure that you're keeping that consistent. And if you are changing it, make sure that it's leveling up every single time. And creating this consistency over time creates loyalty. Like I think there is a direct correlation between consistency with brands and then customer loyalty ultimately. I imagine this like like an arrow pointing from one to the other. And I think that's really true. And I think like aside, I feel like that's where a lot of the times the conversation stops in the industry, right? It's like, hey, make sure that you put a branded gift in. But does a branded gift really matter if your guest has a shitty experience when they check in? Like, no, it really doesn't. Like you could give me a bottle of $80 champagne. And if you're rude to me when I talk to you on the phone, then like I'm probably not going to stay with you again. So Keeping a consistent brand is all about keeping a consistent experience. And the same thing is true on the owner side as well. Like oftentimes your guests turn into homeowners, whether they buy a property or they already have a property that they haven't put on a rental program or they have five friends that own vacation rental properties or second homes in your area. Make sure that you're creating consistent experience with your owners just as much as you are with guests because a lot of times like that will end up paying for itself ultimately on the guest side as well. And then the next thing that I want to go into, which is a really interesting topic and kind of goes back to beginning, beginning with the end in mind is ultimately like where do you want your company to go and what are those goals do you want to cap your properties in the same destination at 50 okay if you do then like you can probably have a local brand that really if you're in a mountain destination for example you can have a icon with mountains on it right or in your mind if you're like okay i want to start my company in the mountains but ultimately i want to go to the beaches of panama okay then you should really think about like how is your brand going to translate from the mountains to Panama? 
And is there an option for you to put a little like an agnostic logo out there that could really apply to any type of destination that allows for that type of growth? Or do you have a name that you could utilize in multiple destinations and you could just change the logo around? I think thinking through that and look, you're not always going to know from the very beginning where your brand is going to go, but it's just one piece of input that I have from the beginning process. Or even if you're rebranding your company, which I think is always an option down the road, you don't always have to know which direction your company is ultimately going to go in. And if you already don't have a significant amount of brand loyalty, there's always time to pivot and rebrand. But just keeping in mind, like, where do I ultimately want my company to go? And is this a brand that I see existing in many destinations or taking on properties from every single end of the spectrum? And make sure that your brand ties in with that strategic goal that you have in mind. My final tip here with branding, we have really gone on a journey. We've talked about creating your brand, what to do with it, making sure that your experience is consistent all along the way. And then we've talked about ensuring that your brand can really be agnostic to the location that you're trying to go into. So my friends, we've gone on a journey today. We have talked about the importance of having a strong brand. We've talked about how how to create that brand if you are not the person that's creating it yourself. We've talked about how to implement that into the experience that you're providing and also into like physical things that you can do in your units and in your marketing materials. And then we've talked a little bit about the consistency in what you are providing to your guests and owners and how it all ties together. So my final tip is this. When you are shopping online and you buy a package from Amazon, we all do it. Some of us do it 15 times a week. It's not me, but it is. You know what to expect. You know when the package is going to get to you. You know that it's going to be in an Amazon box. And you know likely how it's going to be wrapped when it's in that Amazon box. And that is what keeps you going back to Amazon, right? Like it is tried and true. If you take nothing away from this episode, I know that it is difficult when you do not own these properties yourself in many cases. Do what you can to control as much of the consistency in the experience for your guests and for your owners as you possibly can. And ultimately, that will work out for you. All of the marketing tips are very, very helpful. Like get your brand out there. Make sure that you have a social media presence. Make sure that your brand is attractive to the demographic that you are trying to market to. Again, none of this matters if your consistency and your guest and owner experience isn't where you want it to be. These two things together are going to ensure that you have a stronger direct booking percentage time and time and time again. And that's something that you should start to track. Look at it now as you watch this episode, even if you have done none of these things and understand what it is. Is it 90% OTA, 10% direct, 99% OTA, or maybe it's the other way around. Look at it now and start to put a plan together of how you're going to implement putting together a stronger brand and creating that consistency and track it once a month and see if it changes. Send in the tips that you have. And if if there's anything that I didn't mention on today's episode, I'm super curious to hear what you guys are doing on your end. And I feel like this was really fun. I had such a great time. I'm excited for episode three and all we have in store for you this season. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Workflows and Espressos, part of the Hospitality FM network. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you come back next Tuesday for episode three. Can't wait to see you there.